Okay, um, two, two videos, okay, and they're linked, okay? The first one is uh, the actual one that was recorded uh, of the event, and then the second one is a recording or a film of the consequences of the event, okay? So uh, roll the first VT. Life. I don't really have clothes at home. My mom can't buy clothes for me because I'm growing too fast. This is like the second series I have on right now. Basically, that's all. When I saw people laugh at him and bully him, I feel like I needed to do something. Some shoes, some brand new shoes I can give them, and I got a couple of items I can give them too. He wants to smile, and I was like, Yeah, I think this is gonna make him smile. I told him, I said, You know, when we was in the same third period, he was like, Yeah, I said, I apologize for laughing at you, and I want to give some to you to make it up. The best day of my entire life was basically. I was very happy. I was shocked completely. It was a weak moment for me. I was gonna cry. And then I don't cry when at lunch he told me he was like, you know, you two the only two that actually ever give me a gift. You guys are the best guys of my entire life. Okay, so this, I don't know whether you could understand their American accents or read the, the, um, the script there fast enough, but these, uh, this young boy was being bullied, and one of those two black lads decided that he felt guilty. He wasn't bullying, but he was laughing, and there he felt as though he was encouraging the bullies, and he felt really that he needed to do something about that because it wasn't acceptable. And so he gathered some of his really nice clothes, some new stuff, and, and so did his friend, and they blessed this boy. And, uh, and I don't know whether you heard him say, but they were the first people that had ever been kind to him, that had ever given him anything. Okay, I want to show you this next one because this next one is um, uh, these three lads end up on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And I want to show you this. So roll the second one. On a temporary schedule, and they was making jokes at him, and I was also laughing alone. And then, like, once I used to just go home and think about it, I wanted to apologize to Michael, but I wanted to give him something in an apology. Right. Okay, so then you talked to Antoine about this, and Antoine said, I want in, I want to help, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and how do you all know each other? We, we play football together. Play football together. Okay, so y'all are popular. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. But... Well, you play football. Uh, <laughs> all right, and so, so Michael, 
all of a sudden these two guys that you don't know walk up and decide to give you brand new clothes. How did that feel? I was surprised, shocked, happy, trying to keep a straight face instead of showing my smile. Uh-huh. Uh, it was the best day of my life because I was bullied. Yeah. I was bullied my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> so you were bullied your whole life, and suddenly, out of nowhere, the kindness of these guys. And you didn't really want to film it, but somebody, just because you didn't do this to get attention, who filmed this? Well, some, well, we have a friend. He always had his phone now walking around recording stuff around the school. He seen us walking towards Michael third period class. He on, and he stopped, he was like, what y'all doing? And we was like, well, we ain't say nothing. We just pulled Michael out of class, and people started coming out of class. Then, you know, like 30 minutes later, we received a video. And I, I had um, posted it to Facebook. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting it to go viral. I, was just, I wanted it to make a difference, to make people stop bullying. Right, right. And it did, because it, it was viewed so many times by so many people, and uh, that's why you're here, because not only did I respond, a lot of celebrities looked at this and said, this is amazing, we want to reward these guys and, and point this out, shine a light on you. So, um, Will Smith, come on out. <laughs> What is up? Hey, Will. Ellen! Hey, Will. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Can't so, wait to watch the movie. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. Gemini Man. Thank you. It's very cool. I, I'm So I saw the video, and me and Jada were sitting around. I was like, that, that is fantastic. And there, there is no way that I'm letting this pass without making contact with these kids. And... What, what you did felt small to you, but I promise you that is exactly how human beings are supposed to interact with one another. And it's not, it's not more complicated than that. Somebody's having a hard time and you help them. It's that simple. Yep. Doesn't matter you know, if you know them or not. Doesn't matter if you know them. Peep, everybody is suffering. You won't walk past a single person that's not having a hard time. And you guys saw that, and you decided to help. And what was really big also was the self-correct. You saw that you were laughing, and you were part of it, and you stopped and self-corrected. Yeah. That you that's guys big. know everything. That's big. <laughs> that is, yeah. It is so huge. All right. We're going to take a break. More after this. This is playing. It's so cool. He's like, this happens all the time. Yeah. This is nothing big for me. He's like, I can't wait to get back to Memphis. That's right. As soon as I get home. All right. 
So Will and I loved what you did, obviously. I, uh, I, can't, I can't thank you enough for being an example to all the kids out there, all the adults out there yes. who need to pay exactly. attention to helping others. Mm -hmm. And Will has something for you. Yeah, you know, I just because, you know, it was, uh, it was around clothes and all that. I thought it was cool. So I just, I just want y'all to have some gear. I got a little, some stuff out here. What we got? We got it back there. Bring it out. We brought you, I got you some gear. I got you a couple things. Got you all a couple things, yeah. That's some cool stuff. It's a, it's a... <laughs> Stop. This is this is uh, some some uh, special state of art stuff, right? It's not, this is my my. It's not even out yet. So this is like a, a merch line I'm doing. I'm doing a secret drop in a. Well, it's not secret anymore. But <laughs> I just announced it. Uh, but, <laughs> but I'm doing a drop, so it's uh, some you know special stuff. And and also uh, I talked to the people at New Balance, and th this this is an an act of of kindness that I don't I just don't want to soon be forgotten, right? So everybody at New Balance has agreed that we're going to get gear for everybody in your school, all 600 kids in your school. for a long time with Shutterfly. Uh, Shutterfly loves what you did, so each of you is getting a check for $10,000. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank Wanda Sykes and Will Smith. Have a wonderful weekend. Be kind to one another. Be kind. The world is looking for kindness. It's hungry for kindness. And when it sees it, it's so unusual that they make a fuss about it, that they, they big it up, that they get it on national television, and they reward it with gear and kindness coming back to them. I, I was so challenged. This is a week old. And I'm so challenged by God in my spirit about kindness, about being kind. It's the pivotal fruit of the spirit. It's the center of the fruit of the spirit, kindness. So much hinges on kindness. It's a reflection of who God is. It says in, one, in um, Colossians 1, the same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is changing lives everywhere. Just as it changed yours that very first day you heard it and understood the truth about God's great kindness to sinners. Kindness changes lives. The world is looking. The world is looking for that which is missing. They don't quite understand what it is, and so they're gathering. Uh, Denise told me of a, a, a thing this morning that I hadn't heard of, uh, I, I'd heard about, uh, yeah, uh, the children can go right now, but just give me two seconds, um, that the, the church is being looked for in the secular world. And there's a movement 
called? And I've Googled it. Denise, where are you? Oh, maybe she's next door. Oh, she had to go, didn't she? That's right. And it's called the, Sun- the Sunday Assembly Movement. And what they do, I- I'll read it to you. Sunday Assembly London is part of a global secular community that celebrates life and everything, and everyone is welcome. We gather to sing pop songs, hear poetry, listen to fascinating speakers, and then have tea and cake. Sounds like church without the gospel because they're trying to substitute what is missing. They're trying to substitute gathered fellowship where kindness is experienced, where encouragement is experienced. Kindness has nothing to do with what I want to talk about. That's one little sermonette that you've had this morning already. It was just something I wanted to put into your mind. I wanted to sow into your spirit that the world is hungry for something that you have. The world is desperately searching and actually trying to model what is missing. So they celebrate an act of kindness that is extraordinary and wonderful and beautiful and tender and just breathtaking in all of its greatness. Two boys modeling something that was maybe instinctive for them. I have no idea what their background is. Maybe they've got a church background. Who knows? It doesn't matter. The world is saying, this is extraordinary. Let's, let's celebrate this extraordinary thing. And the church is being missed by community. And so they're making up their own church and gathering. And there is, uh, the, there's this secular church and there is the satanic church. And there is all sorts of churches that have nothing to do with the good news of who Jesus Christ is. And so I want to talk to you today to try and build your trust in the good news. I want to uh, stretch you, challenge you, encourage you to think about what you trust in or who you trust in so that actually you can actually be more of what God caused you to be because the world is looking for you. Your friends are looking for you. Your neighbors are looking for you. Your your school community, your friendship circles, they're looking for something that you are ordained and destined by God to carry into their presence, into their company, into their community. God has challenged you and and called you to this high calling of trusting him enough to be the salt and the light in every setting that you're in. Okay, it's a no-brainer. I'm going to teach you what you already know. So forgive me for that, but I'm gonna, we're going to start. We're going to dig in. Psalm 103 is the, my jumping off point, and I've got a, a raft of scriptures. Uh, but before we go to Psalm 103, I want to kind of talk to you. I'm just going to read Mark 1. And this was my jumping off point weeks ago where God I captured something of my attention with this, just this scripture. Mark 1.15, it says... Uh, it's talking about John the baptizer, and it's saying his message was this. This was his message. At last, the fulfillment of, these, of the age has come. It is time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. It's time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. People are looking for an experience with God, an experience of God. And it might be through your kindness that they experience the kindness of God through you 
paying attention to the people around you and seeing somebody that's struggling, challenged, frustrated, upset, heartbroken, unwell, and your kindness that you have taken from God. God, you have been kind to me. You manifest that kindness into their lives. We, we have conversations, Ellen and I, all the time. And one of the things that Ellen says to me is, I don't know whether people really know what the vision of the church is. And I'm here to tell you this morning, this is the vision of the church. To live in God's love, to live in his love in such a way that it manifests in how I love you and you and you and you. And then when people see this love manifested this way, they will know that I'm a disciple, that you're a disciple. Because unless they know you're a disciple, they will never follow you. They will never follow you. We can have a grand vision that says we're going to be a thousand people in a, in, in a thousand days. Or we can say we're going to actually intentionally be a person who chooses to live in the love of God and live it out in such a way that the world sees that I'm a disciple of Jesus. Not a believer in Jesus, but a disciple in Jesus. I'm somebody who chooses to live my life in such a way that you might be interested in following me because actually you see the kindness of God in me in the way that I live. You see the grace of God in the way that I live. You see the mercy of God in the way that I live. You see the love of God in the way that I live. And you might say, how do you do what you do? How do you cope in all of your pain and frustration? How do you cope? Well, it's because of the grace of God, because of the love of God. That's, well, can I have some of that? I had a friend of mine say to me, Bill, how come you're so wise? So he didn't know me very well. But I'd worked with him for years in a local setting. And he said, how come you're so wise? And I just said to him, it's just Bible filtered through Bill. It's just Bible filtered through Bill. And he said, can I have that wisdom? And I said, sure you can. Sure you can. You need to read the Bible. But you need to actually, you need to actually talk to the author. Because he will unpack it for you. And he will help you apply it. Because if you just read the Bible and try and do it, all you become is religious. And that's no good to anybody. You need to know the author. This is his name, and this is, how you've, this is how you get to know him. You ask him if you can walk with him. Don't ask him to walk with you. You ask if you can walk with him. Because the onus is on you to actually follow him. Because if you say, oh, Jesus, come into my life, then the onus is on him to change you. And the, and the reality of Scripture is that you have to change so that you can follow him. You make a choice to follow him. You make a choice. For me, make a choice not to swear. Make a choice not to steal. Make a choice to love appropriately. Make a choice to parent properly. Make a choice. It's about making a choice to manifest the love of God that I've experienced in such a way that it changes and influences the people around so that they might want to follow me as I follow him. I read that somewhere. I think it might be Paul who says that. So this is just my preamble, but I, I want to... It's time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. Turn your lives back to God and put your trust in the hope 
hope-filled gospel. Put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. Put your trust. Other translations say, believe in the gospel. Believe in the hope-filled gospel. Believe with a deep, abiding trust, the Amplified says. Believe with a deep, abiding trust that this good news is truly good news. That he does forgive me. He does heal me. He does lead me. He does provide for me. Believe, trust, rely on, adhere to, the Amplified says. So come with me to Psalm 103. And I want to show you a link between trust and praise that is key to us being people that others would want to follow. Because that's my goal. That's my goal as a, as a church leader. My responsibility is not to get you to be part of a crowd. Right. It's not. Because that could just be because we have an eloquent preacher. We have poetry. Or we have pop songs. People will gather, but they won't follow you unless you've got something about you. And it has to be him. It has to be him. People will come to a crowd, but they will follow individuals. And I want to say, you need to be followable. <laughs> Made up word, but I'm in good company because Paul makes up words in the, in the gospel, in the stories, the, in the scriptures. He invents words, and I'll talk to you another day about those. But they're just extraordinary how Paul actually puts a word in that actually is something that he literally made up. Like, uh, I can't think off the top of my head a word that I could just quickly make up. But let me read this to you. Praise the Lord, I tell myself, with my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, I tell myself, and never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. And he ransoms me from death and surrounds me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to get angry and full of unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us, nor remain angry forever. He has not punished us for all our sins, nor does he deal with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our rebellious acts as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he understands how weak we are. He knows we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we're gone as though we had never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commands. The Lord has made the heavens his throne from... There he rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels of his, you mighty creatures who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. 
Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everywhere in his kingdom. And as for me, and as for me, I will praise the Lord. 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 When we make a decision to praise him, it has to be rooted in his trustworthiness. If we trust him, it depends. You see, trust is placed in people that are worthy of trust. If you have a friend that you know, if you tell them something, within half an hour, other people will know, you will be very restricted in what you share with them. Very restricted because you don't trust them. They're not worthy of your trust. So you'll, you'll natter with them, you'll chat with them, but you won't share anything of value to you with them because they will take what is valuable to you and should be valuable to them and they'll screw it up and they'll fling it on the floor so that people can walk all over it because they're not worthy of trust. And if God is trustworthy, then we need to be trustworthy. But if he is trustworthy, why is he trustworthy? You see, in the, bio, in the dictionary, it says trust is the firm belief in, belief in the reliability, the truth, or the ability of someone or something. So if you trust in someone, it's because they have a reliability about them. There is something about them that you actually know that they are true when they say, this is between me and you. And you trust them because they're a person of their word. And so when we trust God, trust is all about, um, it's all about the person's character. Your trustworthiness is a characteristic of you. It's part of your character. And if you are trustworthy, then people will put their confidence in you. Their faith in you. See, I want to try and juxtapose the same word. Faith and trust come from the same root meaning. If you have faith in something, you have trust in it as well. If I have faith in this chair that it's going to hold me, then I trust that when I sit in it, it's going to hold me. And faith is the belief that it can hold me. Trust is the belief that it will hold me. It's different. I can, I've got faith to believe that that chair, if somebody sat in that chair, it's not going to break. And I can believe that all morning long. Pick the right chair. Am I fi- <laughs> yeah, pick the right chair. <laughs> pick the right chair. Yeah, I am selective. But I've got faith to believe that in that chair. It's not going to fail. It's not going to fail. But it's not until I actually sit down that I put my trust in it. And it's the sitting down that actually helps them back. Oh, no, it doesn't. It hurts. But it's, it's the... And I'm trying to show you the difference. I want to take you to Peter in the boat with the other disciples. And Jesus is in the storm. Uh, I don't want to uh, preach much out of this, but I just want to give you the illustration that when we put our trust, uh, we can believe, we can have faith, but then the faith has to actually manifest as trust. And so you know the story. Jesus is, uh, uh, sends the disciples out onto the lake. He says, go to the other side. And he stays behind and he's praying. And then in the middle of the night, well, three o'clock in the morning, there's a, there's a storm. And Jesus notices that the disciples are floundering 
these professional sailors, uh, or some are professional sailors, and they're floundering in this storm. And, uh, and so he walks out to where they are, and they freak out because they think it's a ghost. And Peter shouts, is that you? If it, if it is you, call me and I'll come to you. And he, Jesus says, yes, come, it's me, it's me, it's me. Woo! <laughs> it's me. And I don't picture him walking on water like this floor. I picture him like on roller coasters, waves, and he's, yeah, it's me, it's me. <laughs> the creator of heaven and earth. Woo! I love it. The ultimate surf picture with no board. <laughs> and Peter, Peter gets up and out of the boat because he puts his faith into action and he trusts the invitation. And he goes. We know the story. But when they get back into the boat, all the other disciples are worshipping him. Their faith has changed to worship. It's, their faith has changed to praise because they saw somebody trust. They, they, they had faith to believe. They, they knew, they'd seen him do all sorts of things already. And they had a level of faith. But this person, Peter's faith manifesting in trust was dynamic. And it caused praise to come out of the lips of these others that were sitting in the boat. And I want to say to you that as you exercise trust, as you actually exercise trust that Jesus is who he says he is and has done what he says he'll do, that he has forgiven all of your sins, if you begin to live in such a way that you manifest the reality that he has forgiven all my sins, he, he, he loves me so much that all of my sins are forgiven, sin won't have any addiction for you. It won't have any attraction for you because you want to say, he forgives me. He forgives me. I want to praise him. I want, he forgives all of my sins, all the ones that I've thought about, all the ones that I've done, all the ones that I might do. He has forgiven me and I don't want to go down that road because I want to praise him. I want to acknowledge him. Oh my soul, bless the Lord. Oh my soul. And I'm intrigued with the fact that David's words are translated as praise in one, one translation of the Bible and then also translated as bless. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord. And if you go to uh, the, uh, the, the Beatitudes when Jesus is teaching and he says, blessed is, it's about being happy. Happy is the one. Happy is. Happy are those. And so I'm thinking, oh man. So praise means bless. And bless means happy is the Lord when I acknowledge him. Happy, it really gets God's attention when I declare over my life that he forgives all my sins. That he is actually on my side and he heals all of my diseases. I might struggle with a bad back. I might struggle with this ailment or that ailment. But I'm telling you what, I will praise him come what may because he heals all my diseases. It might take time, it might take some medicine, it might take a bit of stretching and pulling, and it might take an expert that needs to give me a hand. But I'm telling you what, he heals all my diseases. Right. One translation says that he heals me inside and out. Yes. He heals me. He heals me. Yes. He heals me. 
He renews my strength. Thank goodness. He, he renews my strength. I'll tell you what, it's not about just getting older and being as strong as these young guys down here. It's about the fact that between my ears is hope. Between my ears is expectation. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And some of that means delegating to the, to the young bucks. And say, you can pick up all the chairs. As hard as that is. Because that's just wisdom, getting older. You apply knowledge and say, well, they can lift more chairs than me. Uh, I don't tell them that. Uh, If it comes down to a chairlifting competition, I think I'll win every time in here. (laughs) The reality is a a fallacy. But I want to say, there is a point for each and every one of us where we understand, we need to understand that life throws curveballs. That life gives us things that we don't like and don't want and can't handle really very easily. And we have an answer. We have a, a question that has no answer. Why? 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 If you heal all my diseases, why did this person die? If you heal all my sicknesses, why is this person just frustrated with a continual assault of sickness. Why? Why? And I don't have an answer. I don't. But I know that he heals all my diseases inside and out. And I will not, I will not cash in my faith because of my unbelief. I won't. I won't. I will not surrender faith because I struggle with trust. But I will exercise trust And hope that my faith grows. Because it should. But it takes exercising trust. So let me show you how trust is exercised. Would you just pray for my back? Please. Right now. Would you? Please? Yeah, I don't need to lay hands on me. But you can. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just asking you. Is anybody else, Paulie? Anybody else need a touch from God? Anybody else need healing? Don't be embarrassed. I know who you are. Yeah. So if you're sat near them, just ask. Just ask God to touch them, please. Please. Exercise your trust. Listen, it's not about me having some magic healing powder. I just come and sprinkle as the pastor of the church or as a leader in the community. You, you. He heals all your diseases and you, he gives you authority to... No. Uh, yeah, mine just did, but yeah, you can pray for oh, me. Okay. Are we going to pray for the others then? Yes, yes. There? Yeah, please. Go okay, on. Let's stand. If... Mm. Yeah. Are you not well? Are you not well? Uh, I've got shoulder. Okay, that's, that's not, yeah. Okay. So, exercise trust. You're standing in trust, but also you're praying in trust. You're praying. Don't make it complicated. Keep it simple. Be like a, pray like a child, but pray your very best prayer. Be healed in Jesus' name. That's, that's it. Be healed in Jesus' name. Whatever it is, infirmity, disability, frustration, blindness, go in Jesus' name. Let me, let me say this. Um, trust, when we, have to tr- when we exercise trust... We're exercising, we're exercising 
something that actually means that I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand how... Imagine Peter, I don't understand how I can walk on water, but you've called me? I don't understand. I don't need to comprehend. Uh, and and that, that is a, it's a really hard place to live. I don't understand, but yet I'm going to trust. Because we're people who, well, I've got an engineering background, so I need to know how everything works. You know, I, I love taking things to pieces. And the, my problem is I take them to pieces when they work, and then they don't work. But I, I want to know. I want to know how things work. I want to know. I want to know. And, and so to trust at times is a challenge because I don't know. I don't know, but I'm choosing to believe. I'm choosing to act in spite of my lack of understanding. I'm choosing to lean not on my own understanding, but to trust in him, to trust in him. And that's how we pray for the sick. That's how we see people get saved. I can't believe that he would save somebody like Martin. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He is such a neat nick. He's a neat nick. You don't know what a neat nick is? No, I may. You don't... Uh, I'm exaggerating. It's, he's not a neat nick, but I'm just pretending. But a neat nick is somebody that has everything just so. A neat nick. Oh no, not a need nick. A neat nick. So their desk has everything just so. Yeah, their, their, their journal. Their journal is their journal. Well, can we? Can you just open it up? Look, I sh- here's mine. Just a random page. Here's mine's. <laughs> He's. See, look, look, look. Just pages of. Oh, look at this one. This is my mind on paper. <laughs> but the the better analogy is Martin should be saying. Can't imagine that God would save anybody like who's so chaotic, who's so who's so disorganized, who, who doesn't know which way's up most of the time, and is just sailing by the seat of his pants, just trusting God all the time. How do you survive when you don't know? But you see, but you see, God, God is good all the time. I, I wrote that on my notes. God is good, and uh, and I instantly had Eileen in my mind. Speaking to me from beyond the grave. Uh, and because if I said God is good, Eileen would always say all the time. Uh, and then she would say all the time and I would respond, God is good. So I would say God is good. All the time. God is good. So let's do it properly. I'll say God is good. You say all the time. And then I'll say all the time. And then you say God is good. Okay, God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. All the time. And it's a truth. It's a truth. It's trustworthy. It's trustworthy. Because he is good all the time. Psalm 28 verse 7 says, The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all of my heart. He helps me and my heart is 
filled with joy, I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. When we are people of trust, praise is on our lips. Praise is on our lips. (laughs) All the time. God is good. God is good. All the time. Whoa. Yeah. But all the time. God is good. I want to praise him. It energizes praise in me because I trust him because he is worthy of trust. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own understanding. 1 Peter 1, 8 says, you, you, love him, you love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Psalm 71, verse 4. But I will keep on hoping, waiting, trusting for your help. I will praise you more and more. Trusting and praise have to be hand in glove. Hand in glove. Hand in glove. You, we need to be exercising trust. But we need to be exercising trust out of who he is. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He, he strengthens me when I'm worn out. He revealed his character to Moses. He can reveal it to me. He will not continually accuse me nor remain angry against me. He will not punish me for my sins. He doesn't deal with me how I deserve to be dealt with. His unfailing love towards me because I fear him, is as great as the heights of the heavens above the earth. He has removed my rebellious acts as far from me as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to me, his son, tender and compassionate to me because I fear him. For he understands how weak I am. He knows that I am only dust. Uh, My days on earth are like grass, like wild flowers. Uh, I will bloom and die. The wind blows and I'm gone as though I had never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with me because I fear him. His salvation extends to his children's children. To me, to my children and my children's children. Because I model something. That I model trust. Because I model praise. It will affect and influence their lives. That will influence and affect their children's lives. And down through the generations will trust and praise ricochet through history. Because the world is desperately searching for people who trust and obey. Who trust and obey. Who have something about them that they want to follow, that they want in their lives. They're hungry for what you have. Don't worry about what you don't understand about God and life and you and situations. Don't don't worry about what you do understand about life and God and you and situations. Because between the understanding and the Lack of understanding is an area called trust. It's rooted in what you know, but it'll lead you to places you've never been. You have to exercise trust. You have to exercise trust. It's it's magnificently illustrated through all of Scripture. Matthew 9 records um, Jesus healing a guy, and he... He's criticized for healing. 
on the Sabbath. And he, he says to the guy, your sins are forgiven. Pick up your mat, your heel. And they say, all the religious people say, what's he doing? What's he doing? And Jesus says, which is easier, to forgive sins or to heal? And there's this, the world says, well, you can't have both. And I want to say, Jesus says you can have both. Because he heals all your diseases and forgives all your sins. But you have to exercise trust. And that trust will look like something. You'll be out of the boat. You'll be walking on water as far as you can get. You'll be doing things that other people with less trust don't do. You'll be living a life that actually is attractive to the lost. Because they'll see that you have trust in something. And they won't just gather as an assembly and read poetry but they'll come and stand shoulder to shoulder with you and worship the king that you worship because they see something of him in you. And you might need to teach them how to do that. You might need to show them what it means to live a life of sacrifice and not compromise. But you can only do that if you don't compromise. Otherwise they see that you're not, actually you're not worthy of trust because you you say one thing and do another. And heaven forbid that we're people like that. We have to be people that say, I don't understand, but I'm going to do what is right. I feel like this, but your word says that. I want to do this, but your word says this. I'm going to go here rather than there. I'm going to trust that your word is true. I'm going to trust that the Spirit of God in me is nudging me in this direction, not this direction. And it changes the way we live. And it suddenly we begin to make room for the miracles. I just want to quickly finish with five levels of faith that all see miracles because of one element that's in all of them. Okay, five levels of faith, and I'm sure there's more, but five levels of faith that, that actually all see the miraculous happen. And the first one is in Mark 9, and it's the father whose son is possessed with a demon, and the disciples can't clear the life of the lad from the demonic. And Jesus turns up and he says, um, the, the father says, if you are able, if you are able, he, his faith is as tiny as it can be because he's speaking to Jesus and he's hoping, he's trusting that Jesus is able to do something that his disciples can't do. They can't help him, but, but Jesus, can you? And he, sa- he says, what do you mean if I'm able? What do you mean? <laughs> you, you don't really fully understand who I am. Of course I'm able, and he sets the boy free. But there's the first level of faith that is tiny. But because he comes to Jesus, he puts this trust He takes the trust that he's put in his disciples who couldn't do it and he takes that trust as shredded as it might have been and he puts it in the one. He he goes to the head. He goes to the head and he says, if you're able. And then the second one is Matthew 8. And it's the leper who says, if you're willing, if, if you're willing, if you're willing, would you mind? If you're willing, 
And he says, if I'm willing, of course I'm willing. Be healed. The leper put his trust. And it's a little bit elevated from the father, but it's not much more. And he says, if you're willing. I know you can, because I've heard that you can, but are you willing to do it for me? Are you willing? He says, of course I'm willing. Of course I'm willing. And he rewards his trust. He rewards his trust with healing. And then Jesus uh, meets the synagogue leader in Matthew 9 uh, and the two blind men. <clears throat> and they, they both say, if you would just touch me, if you would just, would you, would you, would you, would you please touch me? Would you touch them? Would you, if you just touch, if you, and their level of faith is a little bit more because they're actually asking him to actually come and physically do something. And he says, yeah, of course, of course, of course. And he heals and they experience the miracles. Their eyes open. If you just come and lay a hand on my daughter, she'll be, she'll be well. Would you please? Would you please? Would you turn up in my circumstance? Would you? Would you please? I, tr- I know that I trust. I'm, tr- I'm trying to trust you that you would do this for me. I, I know I'm not worthy. I know, I know I'm not as good as I could be and should be maybe, but would you? Would you? Yeah, because you're trusting me. I respond to that with supernatural encounter. And then there's the woman with the issue of blood in Matthew 9, 12, 20. And she's thinking, if only I could just, if only I could, I trust that if I could just touch his, the hem of his garment, I, I trust something would happen, something supernatural would happen if I could just touch him, if I could just press in close enough, if I could get through the crowd. I know I'm not meant to be here, but I'm trusting that something will happen and it won't get worse. It can only get better. Because I've got nothing left. I don't know where else to go. So I'm trusting here where all my trust has been eroded and corrupted. (laughs) And he doesn't even respond to her. But just out of him, in response to her trust, flows power. Flows power. And he goes, oh my gosh. There's somebody here who trusts enough to touch. Who was it who touched me? Who was it that's exercised trust? Who was it? I'm... Who are you? Who are you? And the disciples are going crazy. Look at the crowd. What are you talking about? Everybody's touching you. Everybody's pressing into you. He says, no, no, no. Somebody was here with trust, not just touch. They were exercising trust. And out of me flowed power because of their trust. And then the fifth one is uh, the most extraordinary demonstration that Jesus says this is the most extraordinary demonstration of faith. It's the Roman centurion who says, can you please just speak the word? I trust that your authority, I understand authority because I'm a man of authority. I'm a man under authority. And I trust that when you speak, it is so. Because when I speak, it is so. And I'm asking, please, I trust the authority that you seem to have. I trust that all you have to do, you don't have to come. Please don't, you don't need to come. All you need to do is speak. I trust that your authority is greater authority than that which is ailing my slave. 
the ail- the, that which is ailing my, the person that I am, that is dear to me, that is precious to me. And I trust that they're precious to you. So much so that you're just your spoken word. I trust that your word is enough. See these levels of faith are energized by the action of trust. And I want to say to you, you know, if we're going to be people we're following, it's not about our faith. It's not about who you believe in. It's about your trust. Do you trust him enough? To obey him, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it goes against every instinct in your body. You trust him to say, God, I am not going to compromise. I am going to be who you call me to be. I will praise you. I will praise you because you're worthy of praise. And I don't want to ever forget the good things that you've done for me. Lord, you've, you've healed me. You've forgiven me. You've transformed my life. You've transformed my marriage. You've transformed my parenting. You've transformed me being a man in the community. You've transformed me in the way that I interconnect with other people. You transformed me and you continually to transform me. And I trust you and I praise you because you are a good God. And all the time you're good. All the time. You never change. You never change. And I trust you. With every decision, every action of my life, I trust you. And Father, when I struggle to trust, please, would you step in and help me when I'm struggling to trust you? Would you encourage me through your word? Would you encourage me with people? Would you encourage me with kindness so that I can be all that I'm called to be? See, when you're a person like that, others will want to follow you. They want to be with you. They want to be around you because there's something about you that is trustworthy. You'll be worthy of their trust and they'll find that you put your trust in one who is worth trusting and they will gradually learn to put their trust in the one that you trust in and they'll be a disciple of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The one who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Wow! Well, I'm excited. And I'm hot. And I'm thirsty. But I'm not hurting. Mm. So, Father, you call us to be people of faith. But you call us to act in trust. So Father, I thank you that the reality is that you have forgiven all my sins. From the beginning of my life to the end of my life, I'm covered. Lord, when I unknowingly rebel and when I unknowingly resist, your grace has got me covered. Father, I don't want to sin. I don't want to live that kind of life. I trust you that by your spirit you will lead me and guide me into all truth, into the way that I can live that gives you glory, that in the way that my life is lived out for your glory, Lord, there will be miracles, signs and wonders. People will be saved and healed and delivered. Lord, this is my prayer, but I pray it's our prayer. I pray that in this room people will be praying similar prayers, that they would choose 
to trust you more than they have, that they would readjust their lives to align their life with trust, where they have not trusted you because of what they hoped for and what they longed for. I pray, Father, that you would give them what they dream for as they step into trust. You would bring the miracles wherever their faith is, at whatever level. I pray, Father, for miracles, signs, and wonders that we would have report after report after report of people being healed, saved, changed, delivered, as our character reflects your character more and more. So, Father, this is my prayer. Forgive me when I don't trust. But, Lord, I don't want to live there. I want to live a life of trust where I praise you and I speak to myself. Bill, oh, Bill, praise the Lord. Remember everything that he's done, Bill, because he is worthy of praise. He's forgiven your sins, Bill. He's healed all your diseases, Bill. He will renew your strength, Bill. Praise him. Praise him. He is worthy of praise. So, Father, as we go from here, I pray that the world would see what it's looking for in your church. Kindness, faithfulness, patience, goodness, self-control, all of the manifestations of your spirit at work in us. But Lord, where they're looking, I pray they'll find us because we get in amongst them and point to you. And it's for your glory and it will do us good In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.